a doctor. We have a show for you. A doctor. A doctor. A doctor. A I think do- our new thing what is, is that remember from? that TV show? Remember that TV show, The Doctors? Mm-hmm. That could be our new thing where we just get professional people and ask them questions. But then didn't we all find out that the, the doctor's show was basically just like a long form ad and none of them were ve- like actually very good doctors. They were just up there selling fake medical bullshit. Well, today we have a great doctor. Dr. Yay! Marcus Sellers is on the show answering. We didn't even get through all the questions because no, we had y'all such good conversation. So it was hard to pick out which ones to do, but we got through, I think, about 11 or 12 medical questions. That's right. So get out your notebooks. Um, get your applications ready for uh, medical school. We're going deep into science. And he's hot, too. Mm. Goodbye. Forever. Dog. When first choice is a big old bus. You turn around and boom, you end up with us. Oh, I blew that one out. Okay, hold on. Let me move this. Our number is 213 536 9180. That's 213 536 9180. Our email is sloppy seconds at gmail.com. Now, on with that show. Are you ready for some sloppy seconds? You stupid little fucks, you stupid little fucks, you stupid little fucks, you stupid little fucks. What if I like was like a CD that skipped and I just said that for like two you remember minutes? You remember CDs? Do you remember CD? Do you remember VCRs? Okay. Do you like CDs? I'm Meatball, and that's Big <laughs> Dipper. Welcome back to Sloppy CDs Seconds nuts? with Big Dipper and Meatball. Um, today we Today's have a, a long-awaited guest who I've talked about for like four weeks now, and just never emailed until finally I did. <laughs> You're like, we're uh, having a doctor on the show. We're going to have it's a doctor. And I just kept saying it. And then I was like, oh, I got to follow through with something in my life. Mm. So this week on the show, we have an incredible doctor who is a doctor to two of my friends who I didn't know about until Okay, HIPAA, they... calm down. Don't, don't, you can't start telling no, people's No, and their business. names are. And I was calling you a hippo. Not, I didn't say HIPAA. Not HIPAA. No, this isn't a HIPAA <laughs> violation, mama. Okay. It's about uh, to hippo. be. We have the incredible, all the way from West Hollywood, Los Angeles, <laughs> it's Dr. Marcus Tellez. Hello. 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 Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Um, we... It's not often that you see a doctor with a mullet. I was going right? the same thing. <laughs> or thir- or thirst traps all over your Instagram. Fashion thirst traps. I was like, is this a 19-year-old fashion student? But gag, you're a no, grown-up doctor. No, it's a doctor. full-blown medical doctor. Oh, thank who you. Has a, wait, you're not your own practice, but are part of a independent practice, which yeah. I think is very cool. Yeah, it's a great practice. Uh, Pacific Oaks, have to plug that. Um, it's been around for over like 40 years since the beginning of the AIDS uh, uh, epidemic. So there's a lot of history in that office. So it means a lot that they allowed me to be a doctor there. Now, are all the doctors there gay? Yeah, we're all ah! we're all very, very gay. I'm coming I in for a rectal exam. <laughs> I've never had a gay doctor. And I feel like Neither. I should have a gay doctor. I know, I want one now. After hearing every, all, from all of my friends, it sounds like it's way better than a normal doctor. Stop telling people's business. Um, okay, so listen, we we have a wealth of questions. Yeah, we got a lot of questions. We, you know, one of our segments on the show is, uh, is called Fuck Talk, and we often talk in great detail about sexual exploits that not only me, Paul, and I have had in our past, or current, or currently, but um, also our guests, we take voicemails. So there's always a lot of uh, sex conversation on the podcast. And we're very sex positive and we talk about all things. Um, but as of late, we've come across a couple of things that we just like don't fully understand. And I think a lot of our listeners have written in about those things. So we wanted an opportunity to like highlight a couple of things and sort of hear from a, an actual professional about them. Um so, I don't know. Meatball, do you want to read the first question? Yes, because it's very pointed. Okay. Um, the first question is, I have a question about dick cheese. What kind of guys are y'all fucking? 
They have all this dick cheese. I am uncircumcised and I have never had dick cheese. When I heard Meatball talk about how she thinks the uncircumcised people's get dick cheese, just like when you scratch the side of your nose and white stuff comes out and it stinks, damn near threw my phone against the wall when I heard that bullshit. Is your nose uncircumcised, Meatball? Where is the logic? Stop talking about uncircumcised people if you yourself are not uncircumcised uh, and don't know what you're talking about, or at least an uncircumcised person to talk about the subject on the show. Since y'all seem infatuated with the topic, please and thank you. Love and uncir... Oh, no, it doesn't say love. I added it. I added that. I added the love. An uncircumcised man that has never had dick cheese, just like most of us uncircumcised people. Before you answer this question, I would like to say... Was your what is your foreskin covering your ears because you didn't understand what I was saying on the podcast, Mister Foreskin? Maybe what you I didn't said was, it. well, let me no, I did because I said there's oils on your skin, and all I was saying was, is it like how when the oil around your nose and the oil behind your ear like builds up more than the oil on the rest of your body? Like you don't, it's like more oil. Yeah, I wasn't saying <laughs> that your nose oil is your dick cheese oil. Okay, sorry, Doctor Tellus. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just buildup. It's oils, it's skin cells, it's dirt, it's sweat. It's it just is. Just like like you, comparison of the nose and the ears is pretty accurate. I mean, <gasps> it's just it's skin cells and sweat. That's pretty much what it is. Some people make more. Some people make less. Um, and some it people clean it more. <laughs> and some people clean it less. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and cleaning cleaning is important. Now, here's a question because we also we talked about this about like peeing. Do you do you as a medical professional do you think just shaking is enough after you pee, or should you do a little dab? Um, I mean, I do a few dabs. It changes as you age, just because like your prostate is going to get bigger as you get older. Uh-huh. So it doesn't allow you to empty your bladder as well as you used to. Uh-huh. So like I shake it a few times just to make sure I get everything out. And then do you do a little dab? Cause sometimes there's a little drizzle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's annoying. I it have never annoying. had dick cheese, sweetheart. Everything I've had, I worked for also, myself from the ground up. Ground up. I, you, you are not that kind of girl. <laughs> also, I would like to say that the way we talk about it, we're not saying that every single uncircumcised person has it. We're talking about it. Like, I don't go around and talk about every circumcised dick I see. I'm not going to talk about every clean, uncircumcised dick I see. I'm going to talk about the nasty ones. So it just, it comes up they more They make for better stories, yes. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> sorry if you were offended, Mr. Uncircumcised. Please send me a picture of it and I'll let you know what I think. And we, okay, Dipper, it, which, <laughs> well, we always say cheese because it has that smell. What is that smell? You know, there's a lot of a lot of things on the body that just makes different weird smells, and it's just whatever bacteria you have. I mean, we're all covered in bacteria and yeast. Like your body is just covered in natural <laughs> things, mm-hmm. so it's just everybody's odor is going to be a little different. And down there. It, has a particular smell. Well, I know that my nose, my nose oil or whatever, when I wipe it and sniff it, sometimes it smells like Parmesan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, just me? All right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, an Oz- I'm an Asiago girl. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Here's uh, the next question. I'm really curious to hear what Dr. Tellas has to say about aftercare for bottoms after sex. I'm someone who struggles with hemorrhoids and have had three of them banded rubber band ligation. Is that how you say that word? Yeah. Uh, So I'd love to hear what he has to say about prevention of hemorrhoids for bottoms who regularly have receptive anal sex. Also, fissures. Can a fissure come back once it's fully healed? I had a fissure two years ago, and I always use tons of lube because I'm terrified of it re-tearing. Lastly, exterior anal skin tags. What advice does Dr. Tellers have for removing these pesky little things? Is the removal procedure worth the pain? Skin tags. Also, I thought it was rubber band litigation. Like, he went and sued his hemorrhoids. (laughs) (laughs) You are dumb. This is, this is, I think, is a big, 
I think this, this is, is a like lot a, of questions. But this is a big question because I remember the first time I like like was like sucking this guy's dick and I pushed him back on the bed, lifted his legs up and I went to go eat his ass and he had a hemorrhoid and I was like, "Oh, what is that?" And I just didn't mm-hmm. know what it was. And the more asses you deal with, the more yeah. <laughs> the more you realize like only a very few of them are like just like pristinely puckered circles that look like balloon knots like many of them are like shaped a little bit differently or have a bump here or a discoloration or whatever it's a fucking asshole so i think this is a really good question to talk about yeah so i mean the the issue is uh, the struggle is that like there is no there's no clear-cut answer because some people can have tons of anal sex, never get any hemorrhoids, never mm. have any issues, do the same thing that the next person does, and then another person gets riddled with hemorrhoids. Um, so medically, there's really not that great of advice. I mean, just with just general anal sex, like precautions, right? Like make sure you're prepared, take things slow. If it's a new size or a new shape for you use plenty of lube open communication but as to like preventing the hemorrhoids there's i really don't have a good response or answer just because everybody's body is completely different what exactly is a hemorrhoid so you have your you have your rectum which is like Mm -hmm. the vault Mm -hmm. right behind your asshole And so it's filled with lining of uh, very thin muscle, lots of blood vessels, uh, a few mucus cells to help make some mucus. Some people think they make more than others. Uh, (laughs) Oh, we'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) But essentially, it's a very thin muscular wall. So uh, it's very predisposed to having those blood vessels and tissue just sort of pouch out. And that's essentially what a hemorrhoid is. It's just like a bulge. It's like a um, a hernia in your asshole. Okay. And now there are some people who like, they go like, oh, I've got a hemorrhoid right now. They use hemorrhoid cream and then it sort of goes away. And then mm-hmm. there are other people who they get a hemorrhoid and then it's like, it's there now. It's always this thing that is there. And they yeah. should get ligation. Like what is the, what is the difference? So there are internal hemorrhoids and external hemorrhoids. Um, there is like a cell cell change in your rectum. So if it's above the line, it's called internal. If it's below the line, it's external. Um, but essentially, just like I was saying, like some people's bodies just recover really well from them and they just have to chill out, put some steroid cream and it'll go away on its own. And it's not a big deal. Other people, they'll get a bigger hemorrhoid. It'll sort of sit there. It'll be annoying for a while. It'll bleed. Some people think they're dying because it bleeds a little bit, um, but they don't have any pain. Uh, But essentially, yeah, it's, it's just what body you were given. Some people Uh. heal really well from it. Some people don't. And the second part of their question. Oh, well, I was going to say the banding. Mm-hmm. is what happens? They put a little rubber band on it and then it dies? Yeah, it sort of dies and falls off. I, I love the human body. It's yeah, so I love that. So the second part of their question was about fissures. Can a oh, fissure yeah. come back fissure? once it's fully healed? Isn't a fissure yeah, so, just a tiny tear in your booty hole? Mm-hmm. A fissure is a tiny little tear around the perimeter of your booty hole. They're super, super, super painful, whereas hemorrhoids could, like, you not feel anything at all. But if you have, like, a really sharp pain, it's probably an anal fissure. Um, and then so to treat that, you do different creams, different ointments to sort of heal the skin, and then it recovers. But, yeah, it could definitely come back. Mm. Oh, because it's like a you tore it once, and now that area is just forever. Well, it doesn't even necessarily have to be that same area. It could be somewhere else. Just like when people, it's really weird. Uh, I don't know why it came to mind. Like when people get really, really dry feet on their heels, and it just cracks everywhere. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, like it can happen in different areas. So it's not necessarily one spot that it's. Is there a way to prevent picture. that? Is it like oil up your ho- hoochie? if you if you don't self-lubricate your own asshole like with 
all your mucus, then don't would... don't be cutting. <laughs> why are you doing fake news on here? This why is why we brought you. People said that we're basically the QAnon of gay sex. You we don't can. need this. You can't wait. But also, all of these things for real, though, all of these things could happen without ever participating in anal sex if you like shit yeah. really hard, right? Oh yeah, oh like, yeah. I got on a bicycle seat too hard. I after I had my Go surgery, riding. I got hemorrhoids for a little bit just because I was so I had a um, abdominal uh, hernia, mm-hmm. uh, and so after that surgery, I was like using different muscles to yeah. go to the bathroom, and I got a hemorrhoid, and and I was like, oh god, my life is ruined, and then it's like, oh no, those go <laughs> no, away. It's, it'll go away. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I'm talking about it mostly sex because we're talking about sex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. S- straight guys get hemorrhoids too, even they put nothing up there. Like well, they also don't sitting. clean. Yeah. Oh, and then the last part of their question was exterior anal skin tags, which I don't think I've ever heard of. Oh, yeah. yeah so I've some people them. get the external hemorrhoids, and then your body doesn't fully heal it. So then it's like a residual skin tag, or some people just oh, get. Oh. Or like people get it's skin tags it. elsewhere, and then. You can yeah. get a skin tag around there. Um, yeah, those are easily removed. Um, it's not a big deal. I mean, if it's big, I would recommend you go to like a surgeon who does it. There are butthole surgeons, so. I know. Proctologists? Yes. Because okay. um, I told you, Meepo, we talked about, I had like um, four or five skin tags removed. Like I had one behind my kneecap and one under my armpit. It was but just those like, little ones, you can do that yourself with a pair of scissors, right, doctor? No. Uh, what? <laughs> They, they, they froze mine off with the like nitrate yeah so there's two options you can either just snip them off or you can freeze them off snip them off. and i took and i i got one in my armpit and i just snipped it off Ooh, what with like sewing scissors no i got like little tiny i went to the store and got like little tiny scissors like get from cvs they're like curved i was just like for your pleasure curve for your yeah. pleasure all right, the next question. We got we we're, we're 20 staying minutes in the, the anal area. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is still about a booty hole. Most of these are. <laughs> My question today is about increasing sensitivity slash pleasure of the prostate to enjoy anal more, and specifically to achieve the coveted coveted anal orgasm. Even as a self-proclaimed verse top. I really haven't put much investment into the verse part. My issue isn't so much pain, but just lack of pleasure itself. I keep hearing and reading testimonies of how amazing anal orgasms can be, and I'm just jealous, and I'm a jealous person who wants more flavors to savers. Is that so bad? I know the usual suggested remedies include playing with toys like the Aneros, which I've tried. I don't know what that is. Or yeah, this plugs. is a product placement. Or experimenting with, well, bleep it, or experimenting with poppers. But when I talk to my friends who truly enjoy bottoming, they give me the impression that they're either like anal or not. Some really don't even enjoy toys or poppers and exclusively want the real thing. I even have considered pursuing work with a sex therapist because I feel like I'm on a wild goose chase for the key to my whole pleasure chest. A service top looking for more self, to be more selfish, yours truly Chris. All right, Chris. P.S. I have had two surgeries to remove anal and rectal condyloma? Condylomas? Warts. Warts. Mama. But this problem preceded the HPV diagnosis. Chris, you got a lot going on. I currently have a clean bill of health and I am screened regularly. So, okay. well, I want to talk about that. Can you train that. your body to like your booty hole? getting rammed i thought it was just like some people like it some people don't you may not be one of those people yeah no absolutely i mean uh, there's a lot of like talk about like uh oh why do people are why are some people only tops or why are some people only bottoms and it's like everybody's body's different some people are wired to have more nerve endings in their prostate to like enjoy that sort of thing and some people don't and it's nothing to be ashamed of or like be upset about it's just your body yeah, my body is a wonderland. So you can't tra- like so basically what you're saying is if he like trains his hole or whatever, it's he'll never like gain more. Enjoyment. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like you either enjoy it or you don't. And like right. you can't force yourself to like get into something. 
But is there a way that he could force himself to have an anal orgasm? <laughs> um, I would say <laughs> try those uh those butt plugs that like have different vibrating uh Ooh, levels yeah. that other Ooh. people can control. Oh, like the Toomey. Yeah, that thing. The Toomey, you know, Toomey is um, Tomo. The, the Tomo, Tomo, yeah. Toomey is the high end <laughs> luggage. I know. I have a full. Set. Yeah, no, okay. that's interesting. I've talked to a lot of people who were like, "Oh, I was a strict top until my 40s, and now I couldn't even put my dick inside anything. All I want is to get fucked." Like, I think, I think it's like a mentality um, mm-hmm. because I think there are a lot of things we do in life. I know you're the one with the medical degree, but I'm weighing in here. Uh, I think <laughs> uh, there are a lot of things we do in life because we set out to do them. Like Meepal, you were like. I'm going to get really into roller skating. And then you did that. You were like, I'm going to build a dress form. So I feel like if you really do want to be in your ass, you're going to want to be in your ass because I know plenty of people like I'm into fisting and I'll be talking to guys who like just want to get fisted that day. And they're like, can you come over? And I'm like, I won't be free until, you know, the evening. And they're like, great. Well, I'm starting with the toys right now. Why? Because they want to, because they're mm-hmm. horny for it, because they want to yeah. do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like once your brain catches up to your, or your, you know. Your hole catches up to your brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you're going to be like, I'm going to be sitting on everything. Wait, but you earlier said something about your, wait, I have a couple questions. So when you're getting pleasured anally, the pleasure comes from your prostate? I mean, it- I'm sure it's a lot of other complex oh. things that I'm not an expert about. Like oh, she's a top. <laughs> oh, she's a top. No, no. Okay, but, but like, you were saying that like your prostate gets bigger, so like would maybe maybe just wait it out and get old. Yeah, exactly. And then let someone fuck you. Exactly, but like I also have like a bunch of friends who are bottoms and love getting plowed, and they want to be the kind of bottom who like can like come on demand, like hands free. And like yes, some people right? try to do that forever and they can never do that. And so like, I don't know. I, I know it's like a cheap answer, but like everybody's body's different. Your sex drive is going to change as you age. Like that's like, um, that's like a hunger FF who we did the fisting special with. He's like, I wish I could give more tips, but my body is just built like this and I can take a full human arm inside of me. Mm-hmm. Or what was the one guest that we had who like he trains his body to do daddy daddy something daddy daddy Yankee. will daddy Yankee daddy will daddy will was that yeah his name? oh well he does tantric sex so yeah. he trains he like does like but he does exercises he go he, it's like a full regimen yeah so maybe uh go go talk to him find him he giggles. was a former guest. Go or Matthew Camp, remember, said no, he's a hole trainer. Do, no, no, okay. He oh, said he would train yeah. my hole. Yeah, have Matthew Camp come over, give him Monopoly money, and leave. Okay, <laughs> okay so the last PS that I am interested in is about, uh, Chris says, I did have two surgeries to remove anal rectal uh, condylomas, which you said are warts, and this problem preceded- Condoleezza Rice? No, don't do that. But this problem preceded the HPV diagnosis. Let's talk about HPV and warts because isn't the vibe that everyone has HPV? Yeah, everybody does. And if you don't, you're not trying hard enough. Wow! (laughs) But then, okay, if everyone has HPV, does it cause warts on only certain people? So there are innumerable amount of like HPV strains. And Uh. so what the HPV vaccine is... It is a certain amount of specific strains that cause cancer and cause warts, the most common ones, because they can't get all of them, right? Um, So the HPV vaccine prevents against those most common strains that cause those issues. Um, But the thing is, like, some person can get HPV and nothing happens. Their body fights it off and then it's gone. Whereas the next person, their immune system, they just, they're not as lucky. And then they get warts from that. And how can you pass it to someone else? Only when, like, the warts are visible or at any time? So, theoretically, it's mostly when it's visible, skin-to-skin contact. Uh uh, But just, it's warts. So, like, even the warts that you get on your hands and your toes, your feet, like, those are HPV. (laughs) And so, like, some people get those and other people don't. Like, I've never had a wart on my hands but like my cousin gets a bunch of them and then we just rip them off so like 
why some people get them and some people don't. It's just, it's your immune system. And I have also heard that getting the vaccine is um, much more, and this is probably totally hearsay, but that HPV vaccine is more recommended for women or people who have sex with women because that's where the cancer is more prevalent. Is that true? Or is it in general with women or is it in general uh, recommended for everyone? So that was the traditional mindset because uh, medicine is traditionally conservative and cis women. Um, (laughs) That too. Um, So nowadays the Gardasil, the HPV vaccine is recommended for everybody, no matter your gender, your sexual orientation, what have you. Um, It's recommended from uh, childhood to Nowadays, the FDA has approved it to be up to 45, but most insurance companies want to cover it unless you're under 26. But I recommend it for everybody. Like, I've if you're never having had sex, it. get it. Well, get we got to swing on by Dr. Talis's office. We yeah, gotta get you giving out shots? What's going on? Can we get that HPV vaccine? Okay. Um, got we got to take a break. We got to take a break. We have to take a break. But this next question is also about STS. Goodbye. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor meals, I'm like... Oh, baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm -hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of ma- pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this oh, is yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals? Try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. And Factor Meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. All you gotta do is heat up and savor the good stuff. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle. And we're celebrating Earth Day all month long with Factor. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash sloppyseconds50 and use code sloppysecconds50 to get 50% off your first box plus... 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. And we're back. That was okay. That was okay. I liked it. Uh, before Beautiful. before we get back to the questions, Doctor, tell us. Do yes. you know Wicked? Um, I know Wicked from your impact of Wicked. Oh. oh. Now, what disease would it be if my skin started turning green? <sighs> I'm trying to think. No. Well, if you were yellow, you turn. You'd have jaundice. I had that as a baby. They called me Baby Bird. Mm, that's cute. Baby Big uh, Bird? Big Bird. Big Bird. That's what they called me because I was fat too. <laughs> they All called right, you Baby get... Bird because your mom was vomiting in your mouth. She was... ah! <laughs> <laughs> like very crystal method. <laughs> ah! Why is it spicy? 
spicy. Why okay. is spicy? <laughs> okay, so here's a question. Are some people, and I feel like you're you're gonna give the doctor answer, which is the right answer, which is everybody's different, but are some people more susceptible to STI infection? This person says, it seems like the three people I've had relations with in the last two years all gave me something. Coincidence? <laughs> no, I mean, if somebody has an STI and you have sex with them, oral or what have you, you're probably going to get it. Yeah. Like STI are very, very transmissible. Do you think my theory... Okay, so then their question is, do you think some people are more prone like they're just their gen, they're like whatever their makeup and their body. It's like I'm gonna get the infection. Like when I was younger, I had strep throat a lot, you know. And some babies yeah, get yeah. ear infections a lot. Like, are some people just like bring on the chlamydia because it's always for me? <laughs> um, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any data to like support that. Okay, um, and the the thing with I medicine is like it's very much like based on like data and information. So there are some things that I just generally don't know because we nobody's paid money to like look into it um, right so right. that's one of the main restrictions in like modern western medicine is that it's very limited to what we have facts and statistics about and as of right now i don't have any any information to be like yeah some people are more predisposed to get gonorrhea or chlamydia i'm gonna make a prediction that in the next three months the amount of std patients that you see is going to skyrocket it's not stopped, <laughs> like pandemic oh. or not. It's it's always been a thing. What like, about the stuff that's <laughs> antibiotic resistant? You always see there are billboards in LA talking about super gonorrhea. Oh yeah, and like I post about it too. Have they ever seen it? No. Like I I treat somebody for an STD or STI. They come in. I treat them. I have them come back in a week or two for retests, and it's always clear. Oh, so super gonorrhea. Well, but I'm, those, scared like, those, I'm, not, I'm scared of this. I'm not. I'm scared of this. You heard it here first, Doctor Talis. I'm gonorrhea. scared of the super gonorrhea. Honestly, I me feel like too. it's coming. But it's for not me. stopping you from going out on sniffies. Okay, so this next question is: Can you please talk about Prep Two One One, aka Prep on Demand? I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, a very European thing. Um, there's a study called Ipergay, um, where. What'd you call me? <laughs> where they gave prep to they this either discovery or Truvada. you took two pills the day before you have sex one pill the day of sex and one pill the day after sex and it's shown to be just as effective as if you take prep every single day um it's not approved by american health organizations because you know we're not sex forward um so yeah it works it's a thing as a medical professional in the U.S., I have to recommend people take their prep every day. But facts are facts. And America. Yeah, it's works. like Plan B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shy For B. me, it's, it's more like of like a mind fuck. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just remembering. You have to, like, you have to plan your sex. Know that you're going to do two the day before. And then make sure you do one the day of and one after. So for me, it's a little mental gymnastics. But if it works for some people who are not regularly going out on the town yeah right it works for you it works for you like i'm not gonna go against it yeah because i do think so expensive and if you're not having sex why, why, why take it yeah Okay, this next question is a big one it's a little psychological um this came in from instagram it says i fear all sex i feel like i'm playing with my life after having sex I'm sex positive for like 15 minutes of the day and then I have so much anxiety. Oh no. Thoughts? I mean, I don't know this person personally, but Right, of course. I mean, it's a very American like sort of underlying shame of sex, fear of sex sort of taboo thing, right? Like uh there's nothing life-threatening about STIs these days now, right? right? Like Gonorrhea and chlamydia, easily treated syphilis, uh, a little bit more barriers to treatment in California, I found, but it's still treatable. Um, HIV, it's treatable. U equals U, so undetectable means untransmittable. So a lot of people are on their medications. They have access to medications so they don't transmit the virus. So having like a genuine fear of 
sex outside of like intimacy. It's, it's, it's a little strange, but I mean, everybody has their own things that they have to deal with. It's just important to talk about these topics. And that's why I love talking about sex. I love talking about STIs because I want to help decrease the stigma that it has for people. Yeah. So people aren't afraid to have sex. I Okay. So the last time I had an STI, I had just gotten tested and I had like um, all my, all my test results came back negative. And then I hooked up with a guy like four or five days later, but I had also started hooking up with other people too. Um, and wait, so you were hooking up with a bunch of guys. Yeah. Like three people. You were like, I hooked up with a guy a few days later, but well, I was so also I, hooking I, up with five my, or six other people. I went and got tested. And then like, you know, a few days later I hooked up with this one guy and then I hooked up with, uh, a few, few other people over the next couple weeks. And then three weeks after I hooked up with the one guy, he messaged me or I messaged him. I was like, Hey, how you been? What's going on? And he was like, I wish you would have told me you had an STD before I came over. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, um, he was like three days after I saw you, I had discharge from my dick and I went oh, to three days. Care. And I was like, this was three weeks after I had, uh, we had hooked up. And he only was telling me this after I reached out to him and said, how you been? So he said, he said three days after, after he hooked saw up, me. he had discharged. So that's not you. That's someone else. Well, so I said, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, what happened? And he was like, oh, I had chlamydia and, you know, you should probably get checked out. I can't believe you had chlamydia. And I was like, well, here are my and I sent him my test results. I was like, this is from right before we interacted, like. And he was so aggressive and angry with me the entire time. And I was just trying to be like calm and rational. And I was like, I'm really sorry. Obviously, like we're not married. We weren't dating. We don't know each other. You came to my house to fuck around. We didn't well, also, use any you. sort of barrier. Yeah. And this is the risk. Like, you yeah. have to understand that you're a grown-up no, you, man. you responded the wrong way. You had to flip it on him. You had to be like, I'm sorry. I No, three days? That wasn't me. I should be mad at you for giving me something, you little piece of shit. And then, but, got him, girl. Because that's but not this how is what I, works. This is what right, we're Dr. trying to... This is what we're trying to say is that like, yeah, it can be a bummer and it can be disappointing and like it can suck to be like, fuck, okay, well, if you're telling me this now, now I have to tell these two other people or these eight other people, depending on what how social you've been or what kind of, you know, group group outing you planned into the woods to fuck all your bear friends. Um, But but it's sort of the thing I was saying that I said this to a friend of mine. I was like, I want to ultimately be in a relationship that is like open and sex positive that if my like partner came home and just sat a thing of antibiotics on the table and said, sorry, I would be okay with that. Yeah. But wait, I'm still confused. Cause I mean, that story was long and great and all, but why didn't you tell him that it wasn't you? Why did you just like keep on like trying to calm him down instead of being like, it's clearly not me that gave you the STD. You gave me he an STD. He told me that he had not hooked up with a single other person except for me in the last six months. Well, that's, that's a what lie. he told. That's, that's fine, Meepal. But what I'm trying to say is, we need to be in the practice of being more compassionate and empathetic yes. because of what Doctor Tellis is saying is that it it's treatable. Empathy. Yeah, exactly. Empathy, you know, it's, now. <laughs> I think it's really important to talk about these sort of things because yeah, pe- some people, they get the, they get the test results. They're like, okay, yeah, I was doing what I was doing and now it's time to treat what I got. And so like, if you're having sex, you have to accept the responsibility of what repercussions may happen and not make such a huge deal about it because right. it's ultimately and also treatable. not call me a liar. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I then reached out to the the two, maybe it was three other people because because it had been three weeks since I had heard from this guy. I reached Which out. Which is insane because if it was three weeks out, if like if you want to be a genuine, good, nice person, you should tell those people. Like, yeah, you message me right away. Out. The fact that I was like, "Hey," and he was like, "I can't believe you didn't tell me you had an STD." The fact that I also, was like, "I can't believe you didn't tell me." But but but. Either one of those sentences doesn't make sense because why would you be like, I currently have syphilis. Who wants to come over and fuck? Like, you, if you knew you had something, you wouldn't not say something and yeah, just you wouldn't have hook sex. Up with them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But 
all the other guys that I told, and I was like, hey, bummer, super sorry, you should go get tested. No one had anything. That's because he was the liar. <laughs> but I did. It was him and I who both tested positive, but no one else. And I had seen so these guys after I saw him. Him. But didn't pass it on to these other people somehow. Anyway, yeah. one time I got syphilis from sucking a go-go boy's dick, and I had no idea. Well, we still don't know. They didn't tell me at the ER. But we had no idea. And then, like, two or three weeks later, my palms were, like, bright red and itchy, and, like, my tongue and mouth was all itchy. Yeah. And I could, like, feel it. So I went to the hospital, and they gave me antibiotics. But he was like, you should go get an STD test. And I was like, why don't you just tell – why don't we just do that here in the hospital? Yeah. And they refused to do it. But it went away with the um, antibiotics. So I'll never know. <laughs> but I think I know. And that go-go boy never told me shit. I had to message him and be like, hey, I think you gave me syphilis. And he was like, well, I don't have symptoms. And I was like, well, you're the only dick I sucked. See, that's the other thing. Not everybody is going to get symptoms right away. Some people will get symptoms like a few days out. So that's why if you're having sex and you're going to have multiple partners, either have that conversation or get tested routinely. I think that's part of, I never like the term safe sex. I like talking about responsible sex. Yes. So like having, having open communication with your partners, getting tested routinely and accepting the possible repercussions of your actions. Girl. Well, that leads right into this next question, which is hi slops. For the doctor interview, could you have him explain to people more about undetectable equals untransmittable? As a pause undetectable person for over 11 years, a lot of people don't understand still. Please don't say my name. Well, his name is, no. Uh, being a pause <laughs> still has a lot of stigma. Even he didn't though... say being a pause. It says being pause. But to me, he is a pause. <laughs> no. Being pause. Still does have a lot of stigma, even after medication and CDC guidelines around you equals you. So you mentioned it already, but please just like let's break this down for people with any sort of for all um, my stigma or weird uh, trepidation around this. Yeah. So they've done two large studies called the Partner and Partner Two trials, where they had HIV positive patients. It was couples. So they had one cup, one person in the couple who was HIV positive, the other person in the couple who was HIV negative. And they had sex loads of times. Lots and lots and lots, lots of, of sex. loads. Lots of loads. Lots of loads. No condoms for they followed yeah. them for like two to three years. <laughs> and as long as the HIV positive uh, partner was taking their medications regularly and had an undetectable viral load, meaning that their medications suppressed the viral load to undetectable blood levels, that none of the partners who were HIV negative got HIV, even after load, after load, after load. And it was done with with same-sex partners and um, heterosexual partners. Fuck the heteros. I mean, <laughs> so science shows that as long as you're undetectable, you can't transmit the virus to other people. It was very uh, discussed about in Europe, like years and years ago. Mm. Um, but it took a, a, about like two or three years before the U.S. started accepting those scientific uh, studies. So it was kind of weird. Um, so I think it's well, newer it's here like for you people. Were saying, I feel like the U.S. is just like so sex negative, and it's like yeah. shame based. Um, teachings on sex like my sex ed was awful they were basically just like i mean it was like that scene in mean girls it was like if you have sex the girl will get pregnant you'll get an std and die and that was like our sex ed my sex ed was one video of a woman giving birth and that was it i remember that video i'm sure they never showed us that one you never saw that one no, we watched a weird animation of a person getting a boner and then like cum coming out of it, and then the teacher was literally like, "Any questions?" And <laughs> you were like, and "We were like, I went, was like, I have a how lot. does it taste? I have a lot. I want to know how questions. it tastes." I remember being like, and, "Oh, it was like you had to write down the question on a piece of paper and put it in a hat, and then he would like pull it out so it'd be anonymous." But no one wrote anything because we were like, "They'll know. They'll figure it out and know." Anyway, next question. Okay. Please ask the good doc. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you go. Go ahead. Please ask the good doctor about girl squirting. Is it real? Is it just piss? Also, about anal creaming. 
Why do guys release a white, creamy substance while getting fucked? Is it mucus? Thank you. I've never seen a white, creamy substance. Have you seen a white, creamy substance? Yeah. No? Neither? Have you? I, I've never experienced that. Okay. I, um, I, was, so I guess it, probably, it was probably the type of lube that we used. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Boy, but. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, the girl squirting thing, yes, it's very real. I have a few girlfriends that do it, and some people love it, some people don't. It is. But it, what is it? It's it's uh it's like their their mucus. It's uh, your vagina makes a lot of mucus, uh, different cells, fluid. <laughs> and so some people just squirt. It's not something that they can really truly control. And sometimes there is a little bit of pee. Um, but yeah, it's just it must be orgasm. very dehydrating, right? I guess, yeah. Because when I watch squirting videos, they go the fuck. Well, they those aren't real. I've seen the the tapes, honey. What? There's there are no tubes. There are no wires. (laughs) No, but I like pump behind them. I think in okay. See, here's the thing, and I think this is where a lot of people's confusion comes from. I think in porn. (laughs) Lay it down when for girls are well. squirting, I think I'm gonna put it down. I think that a lot of times they're just peeing to so it give is, you the it squirt is, it fantasy. Is some pee. It is some, but pee. I think, but yeah, but I think in porn they're not like, oh yeah, I'm gonna squirt. I think that they in their mind are like, and now I do the squirt portion. Let me urinate and make it seem like I'm squirting. I don't think so. I've watched enough Trisha Paytas jerk off videos to know. Do you look at her OnlyFans? <laughs> I did for a while, but it got sad. No, go ahead. I've never cared enough to like watch squirting videos. But I'll send one you my, some links. <laughs> one of my close friends who will be uh, not named, she will squirt sometimes that it just soaks the bed and then they have to change the sheets and like it's a whole thing. Like it's a whole ordeal. Like go she loves off. having sex, but like it's an annoyance also. Good for her. That's amazing. Okay, and then what about the cream, the anal creamy uh, substance? Uh, it honestly, I think it just has to do with like the type of lube you use and like how hard and how fast you're getting fucked. Like how hard like, and it just fast makes, are you fucking? It just ma- <laughs> like it, with anything you lather up, it's gonna make bubbles. It's gonna look white. It's just gonna just lather. Okay. Uh, yeah, I also think that maybe it might be a little. I mean, if you're raw dogging it, maybe you come a little. You know, yeah, what I mean? exactly, exactly. And, and you churn that up, and that always looks creamy. All right, this next question is about anatomy here. So I'm 33 years old, uncircumcised, and I have phimosis. So what is that? Phimosis. Uh, so phimosis is when the opening of your foreskin is not large enough to allow for your the head of your penis to come out. Um, sometimes it only happens when you're erect. Sometimes it happens even when you're flaccid. Like it's very difficult for you to pull back that foreskin. Um, so for it. some people, it causes them a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort with sex. Right. And we've actually had someone call in and say they were fucking someone with a condom on and they tore their skin and the condom filled with blood. Remember that yeah. story, Meatball? That yes. was a really intense story. Okay. So this person continues. I don't have problems with erection or anything like that. I've been trying to top more, but I get tears and it's quite painful. It's somewhat oh, no. tedious having to take really special care when I shower as my foreskin doesn't retract. I've seen a handful of urologists and the only opinion is getting this cut cut off. My question is, are there other procedures out there to help with my condition? Um, I don't know if there's other, uh, no, there are no other medical procedures. You could, some people try to do a little steroid cream um, because steroid essentially it does weaken the skin. So in theory you could, do a little steroid cream, stretch out the skin more, and hopefully be able to overcome that. Um, but ultimately, I have had quite a few patients, like even in their 40s, go and do a circumcision because it just, they're done. Wow. And how long now, does that you take do to a, recover oh, from? Three months. Uh, like a few days. Like it's an in and out surgery. It's just like, I mean, we do in America so much to babies. So like babies are traumatized. They don't remember what happens. And then 
they go through their life. But I had a friend who had it, and he was like, I couldn't get a boner for, like, two months or something. He what? He couldn't get a boner, like, because of the scarring and letting his heal. Maybe it was one month. Yeah, maybe he just had a... A big old healing. dick. Now there's no <laughs> so there's no way to like just you know clip it back and make it like a little cape. <laughs> so you still get the, it's a the enjoyment it's, of a foreskin, but a, it like opens up at the bottom. Yeah. No, I've had a, I've had a couple of people actually uh, go in for revision because there was still too much skin. So revisionist history. Oh my god. Oh mom. Okay, so this one is uh, t- it's not the same person, but it it, it is also about. Um, anatomy specifically you want to read it yes. um so i've got a stricture in my urethra scar tissue essentially that constricts the pathway and makes it harder for me to pee i'm getting it taken care of with my urologist soon but i've heard that the strictures can come back and even even after an operation my sex related question is that i've heard of sounding rods can help after recovery from strictures so Oh, from strictures to keep them from coming back. But I'm too nervous to ask my doctor because I'm in a fairly conservative state and don't know if his answer would be colored by my religious and cultural leanings of my community. I would love to hear from your guest. I had a friend that had this. Also, yeah, wait, but after the surgery, even before the surgery, he was like sticking a, what's the thing up your your Catheter? Yeah, he had to use a catheter to pee. Yeah. So, I mean, sounding is a sex practice that people do. I know a few people who do it. Um, do you do it? Would it help with strictures? I would like to say yes, but, like, also as a doctor, everything I say is because of, like, sound, like, studies and research. And I don't have any research off the top of my tip of my fingers to, like, say that it's true. But I would like to think that it makes sense. And people enjoy it very much, so. Yeah. So, as a sex practice... Try it. Yeah. Oh. And if it helps with your structures afterwards, cool. Yes. Yeah. And also, it is true that it can come back. And I don't want to scare this person, but my friend had to get surgery twice Ooh. to clear up Ooh. his little scar tissue. Meat. Yeah. Because a stricture essentially is scar tissue. And once you get scar tissue somewhere, it just it sucks and it's really, really hard to take care of. So. Make so sure maybe stick a, a stick a thing in your dick and see what happens. I wonder if when with caution. This, with I wonder with, when this person pees, if like you know when you have like boner pee or like right after you fuck pee and the pee kind of goes in a couple different directions because there's like too much semen on your dick and then your dick's still oh, hard. Is that and what it can, is? And I wonder if that person experiences that often because of the scar tissue. Just a wonderment. Okay, we have a few more questions, but God, I mean, we got so many, so we're only we're gonna pick and choose here. But this next one I like. Um, two part question. Part one. I've gotten mixed answers on this, but I'm a gay trans guy several years into hormone therapy and am unclear as to how that affects chances of pregnancy when having unprotected vaginal sex. Part two. When I went through the process of starting testosterone, I explained how it would affect areas like the clitoris or vagina and thus change how I experienced sex. However, I'm curious if there is anything known about how testosterone hormonal therapy affects anal sex. For example, could I eventually develop a prostate as folks assigned male at birth do? Okay, so first part of the question was pregnancy, so well, risk of pregnancy. So risk of pregnancy uh, on a one. This is going to be on a one-on-one, but like it's going to have to be on an individual basis, like sure. based on what your testosterone levels are versus your estrogen levels. If you're still having menstrual cycles, uh, if if you've had surgeries done, it's it's hard to tell oh, wow. one individual person. Um, so it's just going to be on a it's going to change from person to person. So if you have a provider who's giving you the testosterone, I would definitely talk to that specific provider about your situation. What about spending but more in- years on the testosterone? Like over time, does it decrease? Like, cause there's more testosterone in the system or not really? No, I mean, so if you stop the testosterone and your estrogen levels start coming back, then you can get pregnant. Wow. wow. Well, I, I see it actually, it's becoming more popular to like, not popular it's becoming more uh 
openly discussed on social media. Yeah. So like I have seen quite a few trans men sort of get off their testosterone and get pregnant with their partners. So right. it's awesome. I have wow. a friend I have a friend who's never thought for, about that for a long time. So when when he did get pregnant throughout the whole pregnancy, only just towards the end did he start to like look a little different because he had sort mm-hmm. of really physically transitioned over so many years. And then I also know someone who it was sort of earlier in their transition. And so their appearance really shifted throughout their pregnancy uh, because they hadn't, you know, been on testosterone for a really long time. It was really fascinating to sort of see their, their pregnancy journeys. Okay. Part two, do you think, okay, so obviously the clitoris and vagina change, uh, with the use of testosterone and the way like sex is enjoyed, does it have any impact on anal sex? No, unfortunately you can't grow organs like that just uh-huh. because you're on testosterone. Um, could you still enjoy anal sex? Absolutely. Um, I know a lot of people who don't have a prostate and they still enjoy anal sex. How or why? I don't have an explanation, but... <laughs> <laughs> you're good like it's that. only good if you're knocking that prostate door <laughs> that's the only vibe but like good for them so no you won't grow a prostate can you still enjoy anal sex absolutely okay yeah. work. okay meatball do you want to choose our last question i mean i know there are so many gosh do you want to do here's the one libido that, number question yeah number 16 or, yeah here's one and, that or 17 is kind of the same one they're 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 both about libido well, one of them is one sentence and the other one is a goddamn novel. Okay. <laughs> I'll read them both because it'll be easy. Here's question yeah. number 16. What should I do if quarantine has killed my libido and I have almost no drive with hot men, but we'll just masturbate later because I'm lazy and it's easier. And then question number 17. Hi, Big Dipper and Meatball. I'm in a relationship in a, with an age gap of 15 years. I'm the younger one turning 40 in September. Oh, okay. Okay, so 55. So why are you saying younger? I mean, okay. I haven't had sex with my partner for three years now. He says he's losing libido. And I have said we can do everything under the sun that he's comfortable with that's non-penetrative. So far, nothing. We are open, but I have been noticing that my libido has really taken a dive as well. Blue Chew helps. You're welcome. But I still can't orgasm. Organism. I still can't orgasm with a partner and lose he my. He wrote organism. You better read Wait. that correctly. I, but I still can't <laughs> organism with my partner and lose my election. <laughs> I'm a Girl, mixed, she got jokes in here. Yeah, I'm a mixed bear. Not quite black. Not quite white. Not American. Not yet a woman. You guys may know. Not everyone's cup of tea is. Up in Boston. Oh, okay. So, yes, you're a person of color. She's saying, yeah, in Boston is racist. Yes. Yes. I said their name. Should (laughs) I check on my testosterone levels to see if that will improve my libido, or am I too young? Not at 40. When when alone, I hit a poppers in five minutes on my visitor, and I'm good. Just with others is the problem. Also, my doctor says clean bill of health, so no underlying halath issues. Also, we need to normalize not everyone getting off when having sex. It's still a good time by all. Thank you, guys, and love the show. Goodbye. Damn. Partially my my dyslexia and partially him not being able to write. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so that question is about being with a partner that haven't had sex in three years. The older so his partner's libido, libido is low. And the person who wrote in is saying, um, you know... Is hit a poppers, but a hit of poppers in five minutes in a porn video, no problem. But with other people, the libido is there. And that first question sort of speaks to that too. Like quarantine and not being around people for a year. Like are more people just wanting to jerk off Sounds and not like, like a deal with psychological issue. Yeah. So yeah. Take it away. So I mean, I I am not a health or a sex therapist by any means. So like my two cents is my two cents. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of issues that like can affect your libido, whether it's your testosterone, whether it's underlying anxiety, depression, like we've been in a pandemic for a year, like people are fucking depressed, Mary. So like (laughs) all of that affects your libido in different ways. Um, and 
some people can watch porn as much as they want and have sex with other people and not have issues. Whereas some people, if they watch too much porn, then they lose their libidos with other actual humans. So there's no really clear cut good answer I can give. I mean, if you do suffer from a low libido, you're having issues with erections, by all means, check your testosterone levels. Uh, and and that that's for people at any age, right? Because he said yeah. he's forty two old, but I was like, I know people who are in their twenties that went and got it started on testosterone because they had low levels. Do I recommend that at your twenties? No, but are there lots of people that are on it in their twenties? Absolutely. Wow. Um, well, because they like to they like to throw hands at the gym. They like to yeah. juice. Mirror, yeah, mirror mama. I love the juice. Wild, no, <laughs> no, I'm cute. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I. I would encourage people to, if they really feel like it's an issue, first of all, number one, check in on your mental health. Make sure that your mental health is being addressed properly. Um, number two, sure, check your testosterone levels. Have them checked and see if they could be adjusted a bit. Uh, three, the other thing that I recommend to a lot of patients is uh, things like, uh, I'm not throwing out brands, Viagra, Cialis, things like that to help Blue your erections. Blue Chew. <laughs> Sponsors of the pod. It's the first it chewable the the, in a discreet package. In a discreet package. And it's a chewable with the same with ingredients, the same ingredients as, as Viagra and Cialis. Blue Chew. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> because that in of itself, I mean, when people are getting intimate and you have a little bit of anxiety, performance anxiety, you're going to lose your erection. And that in of itself is going to kill any sex drive that you have or willingness to continue. Mm. Um, so mm. having that little boost of something to help maintain an erection, whether you're topping or bottoming or just enjoying the view, Wait. it gives you the, ax- the extra sort of uh, support to keep going and not sort of get down on yourself. That just reminded me, there's another question in here. Dipper, I don't know if you took it out, but it was someone asking if there was a way for them to last longer because they come very quickly. Oh, maybe it was. Oh, it was a phone call, but we didn't play it. That's what it was. I texted it to you. But Should it's I play fine. it? Should it be the no, last the main, one? No, the main question was basically, no, because I don't want to wait a minute oh, yeah, and a half it's time to, go. to get to the one sentence. Um, <laughs> the main question is, is there anything that people can do to prolong coming because he said that basically like he'll be with someone it'll be hot and then like two pumps and he's done yeah i mean there are desensitizing creams and lubes that sort of numb you a little bit so that you're not so instantly wanting to come but like even just practicing edging on by yourself just to sort of like gauge and figure out how your body works is also a good way to get in tune with yourself and how you can help other people Stunning. Okay, edging. Ooh. Oh, and then the last que- the last part of that question where they talked about not everybody has to get off. I also fully support that. Same. I wasn't. I don't. Do I get it personally? No, because I want to get off. Oop. But I have. I ha- oh, the doctor's <laughs> got to shoot, honey. The doctor's got to shoot. Them cummies out. But I, I have had a few partners who enjoy having sex, want to have sex, but don't care about getting off and to them they're getting off is me getting off and so like i'm i I, do i get it no but i fully support it in any sort of mutual sort of sex act that people feel comfortable with likewise i think any i think any of the well yeah because you never come you only suck their dicks and fist them until they come and then you're like i gotta go home and then i just go home and stand in the corner and jerk off by myself after i've pleased half of la we this has been great i feel like we need to do a part two at some point in the future because i would love to talk to you about fisting um a little more to learn about it because it is wild talk about a a prostate exam i mean you are feeling the full inside of a human being and then when we talk to people who are like super pros they're just like yeah my body just works like this i'm like that's crazy like i have to go over the coccyx and around the corner into the like yeah, it is and, wild up in there. And the booty hole, it turns. Keisha, it that's the booty a, hole. Keisha, the booty, booty hole, it goes right. The second so hole. Wait, the second hole is not a, technically a second hole. It's just where it turns. Yeah, of course left. it's not technically a second hole. Who thought it was an actual hole? A lot of fucking fags did. Okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
<laughs> we gotta go. Listen, the doctor's got, got patience. <laughs> yeah, you gotta put on your little medical scrubs and get out of. Actually, you don't wear scrubs. No, you too fancy for you that. Wear a la- you wear a lab coat <laughs> you wear with, a lo- with booty shorts, though? <laughs> no, but you based on your Instagram. <laughs> based on the. Based, based on, on the Instagram, case. this doctor has a hog. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Why don't so, you tell everyone where they can find you <laughs> and that hog? So you can find me on Instagram at the words doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R dot Telez, T-E-L-L-E-Z. Uh, you can find me on YouTube somewhere. I don't really post that much. I have a TikTok and Twitter, but I also don't use those. So just check me out on Instagram. All right. Well, thanks for listening. The pecs are banging. I know. Oh, so- thank you. I love my titties. The... the- he wears yeah. like literal designer designer fashion wear to work. And I was like, but what if there's blood? <laughs> then I wear like a little over lap covering. Coat. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. yeah All right. Thank you so cute. much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at Sloppy Pod. Send us an email at sloppysecondspod at gmail.com or call in with your fuck talk story to 213536. Oh, not one. <laughs> Our scripts are Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meeple. You can find me on Twitter at Fat Drag Meeple. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode, which will come out every Tuesday and Friday. Doodle doot doot forever, dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitt. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey. 